You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. folks from death to life it only can be done by believing in Jesus Christ believing on him for who he is believing on him as the son of God confessing your mouth that he's Lord of your life and believing that God has raised him from the dead when you believe that you will pass from death to life when you observe a superhero in the works they have a suit that's matched perfectly for them and their skill set well today Pastor Dave teaches on how as a Christian You will have a new body that's created for what you'll do in heaven, and it's out of this world. You'll be amazed at the custom suit he has for you. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 20 as he continues his message, The Claims of Jesus, The Authority to Raise the Dead. Purpose of John's gospel can be found way back in chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe, pisteo out, believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, another form of pisteo, you may have life in his name. John uses this 99 times. He who hears my words, Jesus says, and believes in him who sent me. Well, We know from Scripture, Paul said that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. When we hear the Word of God, something happens in our heart. And faith is developed, and we start to believe, and we start to be drawn to God. He that hears my words, that is, hears in the sense of observing the Word, keeping the Word, and then believing upon God. You know, it's one thing to hear the Word of God, but it's another thing to keep the Word of God and believe on God. It's another thing to hear the Word of God and then obey the Word of God. Don't be hearers only, but doers of the word. What do you mean doers of the word? When it says believe, then that's a do. That's an action. We believe. We believe. Keeping his word, believing on God. He says if you do this, you'll have eternal life. Eternal life. You will not come into condemnation, but you've passed from death to life. Now, what has man done with these verses? What has man done in order for us to become a child of God. What has man done? Well, he's developed a religious box. He's developed a religious box. What is the religious box? Rules, regulations, you have to do this, you have to do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. You gotta pay your tithe, you gotta have but but ba Man has created this religious box that we can't get out of. Jesus didn't say any of that. Jesus said, believe, pisteo. Put your faith in. Put your trust in. Rely upon Jesus Christ. It's an action. We lay these burdens on people and it becomes denominational. We lay this thing. But Jesus says, if you just hear my word and believe in him who sent me, you'll have everlasting life. You're not going to go into condemnation. 
Why? Because it's not Jesus' work to condemn you. Romans 8, 1, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus doesn't condemn. Who is the condemner of the brethren? Satan. He condemns us all the time. He accuses us all the time. To the point where when we read the book of Revelation, the angels of the book of Revelation cry out to earth, whoa, 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 to the inhabitants of earth, the accuser of the brethren who accuses them before God day and night. Picture this. Satan has access to the throne of God. And he's accusing us, me, you, right now. Day and night, he accuses. He's accusing us. He's accusing us. The accuser of the brethren. This is a title for Satan. And oh, he accuses us constantly. And you know what? I have to admit, guys, sometimes I buy into his accusations. Sometimes my head goes that way and I start to buy into his accusations. And I've got to be rooted and grounded in the word of God to help me through that. To know that I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. To know that I'm being taken care of. To know that I've been covered by the blood of the Lamb. To know that His blood cleanses me from all unrighteousness. And I can go boldly into the throne room of the Father. And I know that. But Satan continues to nag at me. He continues to nag at me. Because he wants you to get that into your head and he wants you to go off and, and feel sorry for yourself and do so well. You know, I'm just going to go off and do this and do that. Scripture says, no, if you believe in the words of Jesus Christ and believe that God sent him, you'll come into everlasting life. There is no condemnation. What a great, wonderful life that is. That's true life. That's passing from death to life. It takes us all the way back to John 3.16 when we studied that, when Jesus declared that believing in, trusting in, clinging to him is the pathway to God. But here in chapter 5, Jesus says that hearing his word and believing in the Father, him who sent me, is the path to everlasting life. And again, the Greek word, pusteo. Is this confusing? One minute he says, if you believe in me, you have eternal life. And the next thing he says, you've got to believe in the Father to have eternal life. This shouldn't be confusing us at all because the Father and Son are united in their work. They are united together. You can't believe on the Son without believing in the Father. You can't believe in the Father without believing on the Son. They go together, hand in hand. True belief in the Father is belief in the Son. True belief in the Son is belief in the Father. When you worship without Jesus, you're not worshiping God. Because in order to worship God, you've got to worship Jesus. Because they are one. They are one. If worship doesn't include Jesus, you've got a problem. You know, Jesus takes these words and he's throwing out to the Pharisees these religious leaders who are caught in the religious box, and he lifts himself above any mere man. If you hear my words, can you imagine? If you hear my words, that's how important my words are, Jesus says. Only God can give everlasting life. Only God can give everlasting life. Remember what we said last week about Jesus being equal with God? Either these are the words of a babbling insane man, or these are the words of God himself. There's no neutral ground. There is no neutral ground. Jesus says, but has passed from life to death. We've gone from life to death. And if we go back to those beautiful verses in Ephesians 2, verse 1, and he, God, made you alive who were dead in your trespasses and sin. In other words, the lost sinner who is in the midst of sin is nothing but a lifeless, helpless corpse. He's dead. He's dead in his sin. And the picture here is spiritually dead. 
The picture is spirituality, folks. That's what the Greek word nekros means. Being spiritually dead is a condition, and the condition is caused by sin. When you're spiritually dead, you're in sin. The wages of sin is death. This is spiritual death, and that's separation from God. Separation from God. And then in verse 4 of chapter 2 of Ephesians, we see these beautiful words, but God. You were spiritually dead. You were caught in sin and trespasses. You couldn't find a way out. You were trying to claw your way out of the religious box. You couldn't get out. And God, but God, reached down and put his hand there. God, because of his mercy, because of his rich love for you, because of this great love that he has for us, loved you with an everlasting love and said, I have a plan. Look at my son, Jesus Christ. He's going to a cross for you. Come out of the box. Come out of the box and be saved and have everlasting life. It was God the Father who raises up us together in Christ. God the Father who made us sit together with Jesus in heavenly places. Praise God. Praise God. You know, that's where we are right now, in heavenly places, seated with Christ Jesus. That's what it says in Ephesians 1. Seated with heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And if I'm on the right hand of God the Father, which is where Jesus is, if I'm seated in heavenly places with him, as Ephesians 1 tells me, and I'm sitting there, and I'm on the right hand of God the Father, and I want to speak to God, all I have to do is go, Abba. So you're going to ask, how are the dead going to be raised? Well, in verse 27, it says, by hearing the voice of God. They hear the voice of God. Jesus looked into the tomb. Jesus looks into the tomb of Lazarus, and he screams in there, Lazarus, come forth. Why did he just say come forth? Because if he did, every other dead person would come out. But he cried, Lazarus, come out. They hear God's word. They believe that Jesus is the son of God. Faith comes by hearing. When we heard God's word, we believed in Jesus Christ as our savior. We who were spiritually dead are now made alive. Because we heard the voice of God and we're convicted by the Holy Spirit in our heart. Because God's word is living, it's powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, it says. It's able to cut through everything on its way straight into your heart, and it convicts you of sin. God's word does several things. It convicts us and exposes our sin nature to us. It exposes the need for a Savior, and then it tells us who the Savior is. That's what God's word does for us. Going from death to life, we've all made that transition. How can Paul say we're new? How can Paul say we're new men and new women? Put on the new man. That's the resurrected man. We've gone from death to life. Death to life. In verse 26 and 27, Jesus makes reference to his own resurrection. Let's look at that. For as the Father has life in himself, so he, the Father, has granted the Son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Jesus speaks about his own resurrection. We obtain our life from Jesus Christ. We obtain our life from Jesus Christ. But folks, Jesus is an original. Jesus is an original. Remember what John said in John 1, 1, in the beginning was God, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Jesus has preeminence. He was there. He's an original. And John 1, 4 says, in Jesus was life. Grave couldn't hold him. He proved that. Death couldn't defeat him. He proved that. Peter, in Acts 3, 15, calls Jesus the prince of life. The 
prince of life. Jesus is unique because he has life in himself. It was granted to him by the Father. Jesus has life in himself. The life that Jesus had was derived from no one. We received our life from our mothers and fathers. God breathed. Jesus was there. Jesus was there before time began, before the foundations of the world. He laid down his life. No one took his life from him. He laid it down. And then he took it back again as he rose from the dead. Jesus has been given the authority to raise the dead because that power had been given to him by God the Father. By God the Father. Third resurrection we're going to talk about today is the resurrection of what happens to believers when we are raised. Let's look at 28 and 29a. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Paul explains these wonderful truths in 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 through 18. Paul explains these wonderful truths in 1 Corinthians 15. At the sound of a trump, the archangel will call. Keep in mind, this resurrection is not reconstruction. It's not reanimation. It doesn't mean that God is going to put the pieces back together again. We are not Humpty Dumpty. The resurrected body of the new believer is a new body altogether. It's a new body. It has been glorified body. It's been divinely suited for heaven itself. And for those who believe, death is not the end. I believe death is the beginning of a vast, wondrous time with Christ. We'll be caught up in the air with him, to be with him with wherever he is. I'm going away and I'm coming back to take you where I am so he can be with me. So Jesus told the disciples in John 14, when Jesus returns for his bride, read 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 18. Read 1 Corinthians 15 and see what it says. The fourth resurrection spoken about here is the resurrection to condemnation. Let's read 29b again. Now he said, and to come forth to those who have done good, the resurrection of life, those who have accepted Christ, and those who have done evil, who haven't accepted Christ, to the condemnation of judgment, or to a resurrection of condemnation. This resurrection involves those who have not made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. This is the day of judgment. This is the day when those who are dead, great and small, will stand before Jesus and be judged. Remember when we read in verse 22 that God had given all power for judgment to Jesus Christ. He will judge. Jesus is our Savior. He has died on the cruel Roman cross and took the curse and the penalty of sin. He took our place. He took the fall. He took the blame. He took the shame. He took the humiliation. He took the beating, the scourging. He took it all on the cross. He paid the price that we could not pay. Yes, Jesus is our Savior. Hallelujah. But one day Jesus will be the judge. One day he will judge. He will judge. The title of Son of Man is used by the Apostle in verse 27, and it refers to Daniel 7, verses 13 and 14. And when they read this, when they heard this, it's a messianic title. It's a messianic title, Son of Man. It's talking about the Messiah. And it's used some 12 times in John's Gospel, but overall in the Gospels it's used over 80 times. The Jewish religious leaders should know this. Remember what Jesus said? Do you marvel? It's almost like when he was talking to Nicodemus. 
You marvel at this? You must be born again? You're a teacher of God's word, and you don't know this? Why do you marvel? Because I say these things. Why do you marvel? Gusick explains it this way, quote, Jesus explained this to the astonished religious leaders to explain who he was, the nature of his authority and deity. At the same time, it tells us something remarkable about humanity, that everyone, both those who have done good and those who have done evil, will live forever. Far beyond the physical and material life they know on this earth and this age, Jesus will command them to rise on that day in bodies suited for eternity. Hence, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Some to glory, and some to condemnation. Confess him now, and go to glory, and be received without condemnation. But pass away from this life without him. And you will still say that Jesus is Lord. You will still bow your knee before him, but then you will be sent into darkness and separation from God. Jesus spoke about his resurrection many, many times. The Apostle Paul adds believing in the resurrection to those who would be born again, to those who would be saved in Romans 10, 9 and 10. You know the verse. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in the heart that what? God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Paul tags this. Paul tags this on there. Right? Believing that God raised Jesus from the dead. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him, you will be saved. We don't gain God's righteousness by being in the religious box, doing this and doing that. We gain it by confessing that Jesus is Lord, believing in our heart and in the work that he completed on the cross. That's how we become born again. It's agreeing. Confession is agreeing. Yes, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner, Lord, and I confess that I'm a sinner. I have fallen short of your glory. I have fallen short of your word. I have fallen short of your commands. I am a sinner. I don't know what to do with myself. Help me, Lord, in my horrible state. Believe upon the one I've sent. Uh oh, I believe in Jesus. I confess that he's my Lord. John tells us that you can't say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. You can't even say that Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit helping you. I confess that Jesus is Lord. And I believe that you, God, raised him on the third day. He is the Messiah. His work on the cross was the only way to salvation for mankind. There is no other way. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And again, we come back to our word believe, pisteo. We must believe this. Some people wonder why Paul didn't mention the crucifixion in this passage. But when Paul emphasizes the need to believe in God, that God has raised him from the dead, the whole work of Jesus Christ, the whole work of God, the entire work of God, we have to believe in our heart. We can't just believe in our brains. We have to believe in our heart. It has to come down to our heart. We must believe in our heart, even though belief is not enough without accompanying words. We have to speak. What did Jesus say? If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. Listen to this beautiful passage by Spurgeon. We believe everything which the Lord Jesus has taught, but we must go a step further further and trust in him. 
It is not even enough to believe in him as being the Son of God and the anointed the Lord. We must believe on him. The faith that saves is not believing certain truths nor believe in believing that Jesus is a Savior, but it is resting on him, depending on him, lying with all your weight upon Jesus as the foundation of your hope. Throwing your entire lives on Jesus, he's saying. Believe that he can save you. Believe that he will save you. At any rate, the matter of whole salvation with him in unquestioning confidence. Settle it. That's what I like to say. Settle it. It is finished. Depending upon him without fear as your present and eternal salvation, this is the faith which saves souls. What kind of faith do you have? What kind of faith do you have today? You have the faith that saves your soul. Are you believing on Jesus Christ as your Savior, as the Son of God? Have you confessed with your mouth that he's Lord? Have you confessed to him your sin? Have you opened up your heart to allow the Holy Spirit to convict you and show you and lead you into the truth of Jesus Christ, who he is? Have you done that in all honesty? Have you sat before him and said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm wretched. Please save me. I believe that Jesus was your son. I believe that he is your son. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I believe that with all my heart, Lord, I need you more than anything. Help me. Now, that's a prayer God will answer. That's a prayer God will answer. He'll answer that prayer in a heartbeat. He'll change your life in a second. You will go from death to to life in a mere matter of seconds. Have you made the transition from death to life? Have you made that transition? Or are you wandering around looking for somebody's brains to eat? We need to make that transition, folks, from death to life. And it only can be done by believing in Jesus Christ, believing on him for who he is, believing on him as the son of God, confessing your mouth that he's Lord of your life and believing that God has raised him from the dead. When you believe that, you will pass from death to life. And it will be magnificent and something will happen in your heart. Something will happen. There will be a change. There will be a change. Some things you'll notice immediately. Other things may take some time. Some of you will make that decision and immediately you'll never turn back and walk along. Praise God. Where's your belief today? Where do you stand today? You know, we look at the world situation. We look at what's happening in the world. The world's dying, folks. The world's going down the tubes. These are the last days. Jesus is coming soon. His return is imminent. He is returning in glory. Will you be ready? Are you one of his? So that he can come and claim you. Because if you're just playing, you're just playing games, some Sunday morning you might come to church and you might be one of the only ones here. He's coming, folks. And it all comes down to what you believe, Pasteo. You are our time with you is coming to an end today on Assure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at AssureHopeRadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.